Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Hey guys, another episode of Yolitics here. Jason Whiteley along with Jason Wheeler. I'm going to start this episode with a question. So Wheeler and I are at different locations watching each other uh, over the internet here. And Jason, why did you get on the call, start working on your hair? I mean, the first thing you did, you were like trying not for us to see it, but you were like making sure it's slicked back. Nobody can see us, man. I think just to be totally transparent, uh, I do that with every Zoom call I get on. That's how I start every Zoom call because only then when you first pop up, see, I always hit join the meeting room too fast while I'm still checking everything. And so you got to make sure everything's, you know, Ready to go. Because yeah. you take, I, you've done this to me before where you take screenshots when I don't know it and I look yeah. really bad. And then you, you sh- you're you likely to share those things out. I, I, I might share it this week for this episode because we had a great screenshot of you uh, wearing wearing a hoodie. And you look like you just dropped your latest single, man. It's just, it's fantastic. <laughs> you're sitting out in the patio with a hoodie on. Uh, it was good, it was good stuff. This is what I mean. I got burned there and, and I didn't forget it. So that's why I was checking the hair today. But, you know, uh, today is about hair uh, and it's about more than just hair so it you know it's fitting that I was doing that what, what are you drinking today before we get into hair man hair uh, and hair and drinks that, that's, hair um, and that's what you want right there uh, huh? I am uh, drinking a uh, Teahawk IPA from Wild Acre Brewing uh, this is out of Fort Worth and again uh, I've chosen an IPA even though I'm not much of an IPA fan so, so do, and do this you... one fell out of the refrigerator so we're gonna see how that goes upon opening I did bring a <laughs> napkin with me just in case nice do you go buy these, or does Mrs. Wheeler purchase these and put them in the fridge? I bought these. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm trying to expand horizons, man. Mm. You know, you can't just always stay with what you know and what you like. It's a new year, my friend. It is a new year and a new me. Uh, what are you having? So I'm having a beer. We actually talked about this uh, a few weeks back, maybe around Christmas. It's pecan pie. Oh yeah, Did that, that you sounds this? better. Yeah, that sounds better than what I'm having. So the Bishop Cider Company in Dallas uh, created this, and um, about to crack it open here. But before I crack it open, there's fine print on the side, and it says "Pro Tip." <laughs> this is good for, for best results. Pour directly into mouth, but uh, <laughs> like Pro that. Tip, <laughs> top with whipped cream. Mm, and a splash right. of bourbon is recommended. So you're having some dessert here. Uh, and you know what? Here again, this IPA is not bad. And really? I do detect citrus notes once again. Maybe oh it's gosh. just me. I detect pecan pie. <laughs> I'm going to have to try that one next. Uh, you know, as we uh, got wow. into it is, it, is it sweet? Woo! My goodness. Some of those really sweet ones, they're great on that first sip. And by the third sip, you're almost ready to upchuck. You know what I mean? It's good, man. Um, I'm a huge pecan pie lover, but my goodness, it's sweet. Well, it's uh, probably fewer calories than a slice of pie. So maybe turn to that from now on. 
so so as we stated off the top today, uh, we're talking about hair, and it, this goes a lot deeper than hair. This this gets uh, really down into race, uh, and this has been a topic that has been big. It has you know sort of smoldered in the national conversation, uh, and then something happened several months ago. One of our colleagues talked about this on air, uh, on television, her own personal experience of what she went through just for the way she was wearing her hair, uh, which was professionally kept. It was put up nicely, and uh, the comments started flooding in, so she made her own comment about it, and it exploded across the world. So that colleague of ours is Tashara Parker at WFAA in Dallas. Uh, we have another colleague with us as well, too. It's Ashley Godot, and she is an anchor and reporter uh, who has fantastic natural hair and always has as long as I've known her. Uh, she is at KVU in Austin, and both of them are also taking part in a, uh, a wider project. Uh, you know, this, this podcast is kind of part of that project, but the wider project is, is kind of looking at this, um, looking at, at black hair in this state and in America as well, and the, the racism behind some of it, the, the politics that's surrounding how people react to when uh, uh, black people wear their hair naturally. It's, it's incredible. Uh, what some of the stories we're about to hear. Mm -hmm. You know, Jason, I, I did a lot of thinking about this just because it's it's hard to understand the perspective uh, of what uh, so many people have gone through over the years. And I thought about it. And really, this gets down to you're criticizing someone because of the way the hair comes out of their head. Uh, it really is like saying, uh, I, I feel uncomfortable, you know, if I feel uncomfortable because of the way your hair grows, maybe I also feel uncomfortable because of the way your skin is a different shade than mine. I mean, it, it's that fundamental as to who you are. Yeah, you got your own problems if you don't like someone because of the way that the hair comes out of their head or the way their fingernails grow or the color of their skin. I mean, come on. All right, so to begin this conversation, we're actually going to go back in time to October 2020, uh, that day that Tashara Parker went on air and addressed these comments she was getting from people about the way she wore her hair. Crazy how a, a hairstyle triggered such feedback, right? And so mm. it all started back in October. That's when everything went crazy. I wore a hairstyle on WFAA's morning news show, and basically the hairstyle was four, let's just call them four buns going down the middle of my head. Four neatly parted buns, I will add. And, you know, it triggered quite a bit of feedback. Most of that feedback, I have to say, was positive. But you had a lot of folks just sending some very negative comments, not just to me. They were sending them to the station um, and just to other folks and basically just saying, look, that is not professional. Um, you shouldn't wear your hair that way. Uh, why won't you just wear it? straight and all these other different things that they were saying. And so that's what kind of triggered the um, responses that we started getting online from other folks, basically just coming to basically to my defense saying, hey, your hair look good. Disregard what those other folks are talking about. And you started seeing pictures and images of young girls wearing their hair with the four buns. Um, and mostly their parents were saying it's because they hadn't seen something like that on a morning news show on local TV. So I mm. think that's what triggered that that crazy response back in October. And it's been ongoing ever since. Just to be real clear here, though, uh, there's always feedback when, when you appear on TV. You know, people will comment on the color of your tie, the color of your dress. They didn't like, you know, you got lipstick on your teeth. This is a this is a different thing. This is a different category. This is about race. 
This is about yeah. my body is different than your body. And this is about I don't like that your body is different than my body. And I think you should look more like me. Yeah, real. That's keeping it real. 100, as I would like to say. Um, and basically what, what ended up happening is it, it comes down to black hair and professionalism, right? When I wear my hair straight, I don't hear a peep from anyone other than, oh, your hair looks good today. And that's considered a microaggression for you to say, oh, the one time that I wear my hair straight, something you're used to seeing, something that's deeply rooted in Eurocentric standards of beauty, you're finally saying that it's cute or nice or mm. whatever you want to call it. But when I wear my hair in its natural state, you know, I get comments like, oh, it looks like you, you stuck your hand in a, in a socket, an electrical socket, wow. you know, all kind of crazy stuff. And so, yes, it does uh, come down to race because I'm not the only one that has experienced this. And I think that's why the feedback was so... Um, um, massive online across around the world by the way that video our perspectives back in October it's been viewed two million times and that's Jeez. on one video that I can find on other videos probably even more than that but two million times because other women other black women women of color have experienced some of these same things in the workplace as it relates to showing up in their natural state and I'll go on and add that you know, studies have basically shown that when we're able to show up as our natural selves 100%, people perform better. Mm -hmm. So why not allow your employees, your students, you know, even in the education system, to show up as their natural selves, their normal selves, 100% authentically uh, themselves in, in the workplace. So I think that's why I kind of went crazy, too, because I'm not the only one that's experienced this. All the uh, mm -hmm. stories and feedback that we've gotten over the last few months has just been astronomical. Yeah, I point out also that, that Ashley and Tashara and Jason and I both work, all, all four of us work for the Tegna Corporation for different subsidiaries of Tegna, and Tegna encourages us to be ourselves. But Tashara, you said something that I want to ask Ashley about too, and, and that is the, the, the comments that are made. Ashley, I've known you for a long time, and you've always worn your hair naturally. I think you've worn it naturally. Um, have you ever experienced this as well? So you know me since I worked at KVU. And yes, while I was at KVU, I've always worn my hair natural because it was accepted here and accepted here in Austin. And that was not always the case for me. Um, I was told in my professional career that I couldn't wear my curly hair, that it was unacceptable. It's big. Um, no, no, no. You need to keep it straight. You need to keep this length, um, which I think we sort of expect in the news industry. We expect to hear some of those things. But the comments from viewers versus straight-haired Ashley versus curly-haired Ashley. I mean, my goodness. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, Tashara, you hit a, a mighty good point that I go from, I think the, the one comment that really got me was, I go from cute news girl to hot journalist when my hair is straight. Um, oh, wow. re regardless of what's coming out of my mouth uh, and the information that I'm sharing wow. with, with our viewers, I mean, people just feel as though they can relate to you more when you have you know, straight hair and you fit this image of beauty. But I get so many comments from women and young girls who are so excited to see my curly hair on the news and that I'm representing, you know, the curly haired girls out there and we hashtag free the curls. Um, but it is so, and you get it growing up. I think it's not just in our professional setting when you're in school, um, when you are in athletics, when you're participating in extracurricular activities, you know, People do look at you differently because they're used to seeing, you know, a certain standard of beauty. Well, let's go back to the central question of this then, and that is one Tashara pose. And what does hair have to do with professionalism? I don't know if it has anything to do with professionalism. I've 
absolutely nothing, in my opinion. Your ability to do a job is not uh, dictated by your hairstyle. We don't see people question a man's ability to do his hair, whether his hair is longer or shorter. Jason, when you come into the station with a new haircut, no one is saying, oh, yeah, Jason, you can do a great job of the news now because that hair is sharp. Like, no one is telling you that. Good point. So why do we put women in these boxes? Good point. I've wondered... I've wondered, too, when you all, uh, you know, look at other people, let's say, because I know when I look at other people, I, I think this sometimes. I mean, you could see a guy who, I, 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 for instance, I grow a terrible beard, okay? It is splotchy. It's in little patches, and I can do it, and I've probably shown up before, and somebody has probably thought, why do people give me problems for the way I wear my hair naturally when he's allowed to be in here wearing that sorry, scruffy beard? Uh, have you ever thought that? Like, how am I the one who's judged through this lens and, and he's not? I don't think I have. <laughs> both I, I, of I mean, you have thought that. You're both pausing here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that that's, that's a little judgmental, right? And so I don't think that we, because of someone who has been so heavily judged on my decision of how I represent that's a good point. physically, um, I don't tend to judge other people. I may be like, hey, Jason, you know, I may make a little <laughs> comment to you about the struggle bus that you're on. <laughs> With your beard, but he, he's on one, Ashley. Believe me. <laughs> but, the you struggle bus. I've never heard that. <laughs> but that's a great hey, point. So, say, Ashley, tell him his, his beard is struggling a little bit. <laughs> I, I like that. You know, because it's true. It's keeping it one hundred, as Tashara likes to say. Uh, but no, I. <laughs> I, I, and I think that's a fascinating point, though, that once you have been through that and you have been judged and you've been under that microscope, you have a tendency to, to give other people more grace with their appearance. Well, and you celebrate their appearance. It's, right. Uh, Jason, look at you trying out a beard. You know, you go, Jason. Try and be in um, the keyword. It's, it's also just really different in terms of um, we don't. You don't pick your hair grade, your hair texture. This right. is how your oh. hair grows out of your head. And you should be able to celebrate and wear and embrace that just the way that it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, Ashley, I just want to point out real quick, Ashley, to your last point. I think that's a great point that you made because when it comes to the way that the hair grows out of your scalp, that's a completely different story from someone, for example, maybe wanting to... I'm just going to throw something out there. Dye your hair blue, right? Mm, That's something yeah. you chose to do to right. your hair. But for mm -hmm. you to receive that type of commentary simply because of the way that your hair is growing out of your scalp, that, that's an issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to sure. So after all this happened on October 19th, uh, I think you said you were kind of caught off guard by it because you were wearing your hair uh, naturally. But you, you wrote something for WFAA.com. And I want to pull out a line you wrote because it really struck me when I was reading this. It says, it takes a level of confidence for black women to show up fully in all their glory without having to adjust to who's in the room or how they will be perceived once they get there. Explain that because that came from the heart. Yeah, it really did. Um, and I honestly get chills hearing that again every time I hear it, to be honest with you, because I meant it. It's hard for black women when we go into certain spaces just completely to be ourselves. And what I mean by that is there's a thing called code switching, right? 
you know, and code switching is when you go into certain spaces where you feel like you have to adjust. I say adjust to the energy that's in the room, right? You you got to adjust how you talk. You got to adjust how you respond to people. You got to adjust how loud you are. You got to adjust how your hair looks, how you walk, how you act, you know, in all these different situations. And I always tell young girls, especially now, that in order for you to show up in your full glory, you have to walk into those space and you have to change the energy that's within those spaces. So what I mean by that is just it, it's hard sometimes because we've been told for so many years that us being our natural selves, our authentic selves is something that is frowned upon. You know, we, we get uh, touted as the angry black woman just because you have a direct response to something right that doesn't come off all nice and happy all the time. Happy go lucky. Um, you know, you get that particular label. So there are many things that have led up to this point of black women not being able to show up as themselves fully in every single space. But that line was basically just saying, man, y'all don't understand like how much work it takes to move in these spaces as yourself. It is hard. And I applaud every black woman who is in space because it's it's nice for me to have this platform and to be on here talking to you guys about this. But there are so many women, so many stories who who can't right. share them, who haven't been able to share them, who suffer in silence. And so when I say walk in your glory, show up in your glory, it takes a level of confidence to do that. I mean that because I know there are so many stories that are being left untold, even in, in the midst of all the stories that we'll share on Rooted. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I wanted to talk. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say that is that line is so powerful. And it struck me because there are so many black women who are at home getting ready. And I, I just immediately think about young black girls who get ready for school and get ready to go to work. And they think their hair is popping. You with the bun. I loved the buns. And I was like, I love that she is like embracing this and wearing this style on the news. But I know that it took a level of kind of building yourself up to, you know what, yes, I can wear my hair like this. It's going to be fine. And then when you go into a space, like as your true authentic self, thinking you look good, and then you are bombarded right. with negative comments, it is mm-hmm. just such a hit. And it's a hit that you should not have to take because it's so basic. Mm-hmm. Basic. Uh, want- oh, my goodness. The word of the year, basic. You're so right, Ashley. <laughs> Um, I want to ask you about this series, the, the Rooted series, and, and, and what that is now and, and what you hope that becomes and, and how important you think it is for, for people who, as you say, a lot of women who are a lot of black women, a lot of women of color who are suffering in silence. Well, what I want is for people to really take a step back. So, for example, your audience, right? That's not the, the audience that I'm always talking to, right? So I want the folks that are listening to this, the folks that will watch Rooted and listen in to Rooted, to take a step back, listen in with an open mind and open heart, and fully embrace the stories that they will hear throughout this series. What I learned as a black woman when I was talking to all these women about their different hair stories is that many of those stories were identical. And these are women from across you know, multiple, many generations, right? Many generations of different women um, from different areas of North Texas and different jobs all across the spectrum, right? And so to hear many of their stories, different stories, but in essence have the same kind of uh, things happening to them, I want people to just listen in and just try to get an understanding. And I'm hoping that on the other side of this, on the other side of Rooted, maybe we we couldn't change everything you felt. Maybe we can change every microaggression maybe that happens in the workplace. But at the end of the day, maybe you'll think twice before saying, oh, uh, black woman, is that your real hair? Oh, can I touch it? 
No, maybe you'll think twice before you do some of those things when you listen in to some of the heartache and some of the things that these women have had to experience over the years. Ashley, you shook your head there. You've had you've had people reach out and touch your hair. Oh, honey. (laughs) Really? Many have have tried and got their hands slapped. Uh Uh-uh, really? (laughs) Seriously, so people still people still do this? In 2020, yes. absolutely. They want 2021. To, yeah. Oh, you're right. In 2020, Forgive come me. on, Ashley. Well, you know, come I'm on. in quarantine. I don't see anyone, so no one in 2021 <laughs> has tried to touch oh, my true. hair. <laughs> <clears throat> it's, it's, it's almost like you want people to, I would hope that the next time they see a young lady or a young man who has locks or twists or braids, that they understand um, you know, their hair may not grow out of their scalp bone straight. And so if you're fine with someone with bone straight hair wearing their hair half up, half down, and how that looks, you should be okay with if it's half up, half down, and it's twist, or if it's half up and half down, and it's locked. Like, I just hope that there is a level of understanding and that, <laughs> yes, no one would ask to touch someone else's hair. Or at least, if, at least maybe ask. Don't just reach out. Mm. But you know what? Don't even ask. Don't even ask. Just don't do it. No, don't ask. No, I mean, yes. Maybe really close and you really are curious, right? Like, if your friend, Jason, if I see you with a fur vest on and I'm like, Jason, I've got to touch that vest. Like, I would hope that you would be like, okay. Yes, I will let you. But a vest is one thing. But don't touch my hair. Right. Come on. No, we're we're joking. We're We're all... you know. And if you guys can already tell, Wheeler is very particular about his hair. So, I am. Um, got to keep it. He's got to keep the exactly. moneymaker in good shape there, Whiteley. <clears throat> okay. Um, hey, hey, let me ask you this, because uh, Ashley, you have to go run and anchor the news here in just a few minutes. But uh, Ashley, you also, besides anchoring the news, you also cover politics at the Texas legislature there in Austin. And, and Texas lawmakers are talking about the Crown Act, which would essentially outlaw uh, and make it illegal to discriminate against someone based on their hair, whether in school or in the workplace. But even if that passes, and there are seven states that have passed it now, even if that passes, that's still not going to stop the comments that you guys get in public or that you get because mm-hmm. of what you wear or how you wear your hair on TV, is it? No, absolutely not. But I would hope that it will start a conversation and maybe make some of the people who make these type of comments, if we're having this conversation and people realize that what they're doing is offensive and that they should not be doing these things then maybe that will open their eyes to realize oh perhaps this is a a thing you know um i don't think that the viewer who uh told me that i was a hot journalist when my hair was straight intended to offend me you know in his own man mind perhaps he Mm. was giving a compliment i I don't know how (laughs) but i think that maybe that was his intent he did not perhaps understand how offensive this was and particularly when you look at the education aspect you know there are actually four bills filed regarding the crown act and they Mm -hmm. have little differences in them and i think especially in spaces of learning and higher learning if we are telling teachers you know this is something your students are going through you are not allowed to do x y and z maybe that will make them a little more empathetic and for all the men out there, uh, I have seen Ashley Godot's work over the years. Uh, if you would like to give her a compliment, why don't you tell her she is a phenomenal journalist, a skilled journalist, a credible journalist, an amazing journalist. Don't tell her that she's hot and don't tell her that she's cute when you don't even know her. As a, as, as a dad Jason, of two daughters, 
As a dad of two daughters, come on, guys. We can do better than that, right? Choose your words. Uh, Ashley, I think at this point we should let you go because I'm not kidding you. I, I still have another question for Tashara here, but I'm looking at the clock and my heart, I'm not kidding, my heart's beating faster because I know that you're going to be slipping into work just under a deadline here. You know what? I am from Houston and so my foot is pretty Come on, Houston. Yep. So we all are. I think we're getting there. <laughs> okay. We, we, we've, hey, every, yeah, we're, we're all from Houston. We've all lived Isn't in Houston. Oh, Houston. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? H Town. Representing the 713 now. Come on. Huh? <laughs> I, I think I was 281. Actually, I was representing the 281 for yeah, a while. Yeah, Got so in late. About the 713. Come mm-hmm. on now. 832. Exactly. 832. I love this. I love this Houston crew, guys. We got to get together more often. So, you know, Jason, when, when I lived in, in Houston and worked in Houston, there was kind of a saying in the news business that regardless of where anything happens in the world, there's always a Houston connection. Isn't always, man. And then here we are on this Zoom call with four people in different cities, uh, and, and we're all from the same place. It's amazing. All roads lead to Houston in some way. Um, but, you know, fascinating conversation there. You know, you, you, like I said at the very beginning, uh, Jason, it just gives you perspective when you haven't walked in those same shoes. Right. I mean, imagine, Jason, imagine that you, I mean, with your wonderful straight hair there uh, that I'm looking at in Zoom, and now you're caressing your hair just like I was at the beginning. <laughs> imagine you went to a uh, to work at a black-owned business, and most of the uh, employees were, were black there, and someone pulled you aside one day and said, Jason, you know, you do a fine job and everything. But if you would maybe put a perm into that straight hair of yours and, and, and get some good curls going, we think you could do a lot better hair. Imagine yeah. being told that. All right. That's, no, it's, it's, it's stunning. It, 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 yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and, and for, for our listeners, I just want to pause for a second, too, who are interested in what Ashley is doing and what um, Tashara is doing also. This Rooted series that, that they are working on, kind of exploring all this. You can find uh, a link to, to all their stories. And as these come out uh, over the next week, you can find that in the, in the description of this podcast here. So keep that in mind too. But there, there's, there's something more than just, you know, these stories, Jason, there's actually something being done about this mm-hmm. on the legislative level at the state level uh, in Austin. So on the line with us now is a, a state representative. He has been with us before. He's the former mayor of DeSoto, Texas, uh, it's Carl Sherman. He is a Democrat, and he is a member of the Texas Legislative Black Caucus. Uh, Representative Sherman, l- let's start with the first question, man. How how are you? Because last I heard, you uh, had a diagnosis for COVID. You look great, as we see on the Zoom call here. Well, looks can be deceiving, I guess, but <laughs> I do. I am great. I feel great. Uh, I tested negative. Well, you're, you're already back there at the Capitol. Uh, we see you in your Capitol office here on, on the Zoom call. But uh, I know you, you probably uh, signed on to quite a few bills in this uh, this latest session right now or, or introduced them yourself. But I want to talk about one that, that's been out there for a while. The, the Texas Legislative Black Caucus, of which you are a member, uh, first talked about last year. And that's the Crown Act. Many folks saw play out on a national uh, stage, uh, the incident with DeAndre Arnold out mm-hmm. of the Houston area. And his parents had to actually transfer him in order for uh, the kid to graduate uh, from high school. That shouldn't be the case. Mm-hmm. But it's not just African-American uh, young people and, and older people, but it's also people like Newt Johnson, 
who out of the San Antonio area, if you remember, a 16-year-old white male who uh, had to cut or he wanted to cut his hair for his, uh, or I'm sorry, committed to not cut his hair uh, because his sister had cancer. And because of the school district's policy, I think he ended up having to cut his hair and uh, not continue his pledge to his sister. Let's talk about what what the extra layers, though, that that so many black women have gone through with this particular subject. And this is not a new thing. Uh, As you well know, uh, this dates all the way back to the slavery years. Uh, And then I saw this article in Teen Vogue where they talked about in the 1700s. Whoa, wait, Jason. You read Teen Vogue? I do. I'm reading Teen what? Vogue. <laughs> Man, no, I learn something about you every day. You know what? It's it's great, though. I, and I love that Teen Vogue did something on this uh, issue <laughs> as I was doing some research. I don't normally read Teen Vogue. I will reveal that. I thought it was fascinating, though, how they laid out the case that in the 1700s, black women in Louisiana uh, were known to wear their hair in elaborate styles, uh, and they, quote unquote, attracted the attention of white men. And so special laws were passed to make them put scarves or handkerchiefs over their hair to signify that they belonged to the slave class even though many of these women were free. This is back in the 1700s. And then we get all the way through the civil rights movement and we go to the Supreme Court and they specifically say Afros are protected. That was in 1976. Afros were a big thing in the 60s and the 70s. Why are we still talking about this in 2021, Representative Sherman? Well, thank you for doing the research on this, going back to the 1700s. It started in 1619, you know, coming over before, uh, coming over on those ships uh, when uh, royal families and others uh, had to have their hair cut. And Hmm. uh, they continue to police our bodies, uh, a system that is set up uh, that's no different than the Jim Crow system. Uh, We've got to do everything we can legislatively to protect uh, the rights of uh, citizens who want to wear their hair uh, the way they'd like to wear their hair. And this really, you know, it shouldn't come down to this, but unfortunately it does. Uh, And our children are also suffering because of this. Uh, There was a case in Tatum, Texas, uh, a little boy who uh, his parents allowed him to wear his hair uh, and, and, Uh, The superintendent got involved and said the kid had to cut his hair or uh, he would label him as a girl. Mm. As a four as a four year old boy, that that, that's incredible. And, you know, Tatum, Texas is right off Interstate 20 between Tyler and Shreveport. That that case, uh, you know, and the the, the, uh, seventh grader, uh, Jules Trice in Pearland, which is just south of Houston. Um, That was a seventh grader who had a a fade cut and had a little design in the side of his hair. And that case is remarkable back from April of 2019, because the staff at school actually took a black Sharpie and colored it in. I, I can't imagine that happening. And that was just two years, less than two years ago. But um, Representative Sherman, the legislature is now looking at this. The Texas legislature is and discussing whether to uh, outlaw discrimination there are several bills, though, that uh, address this right now in the legislature. The session is just starting out. But why are there several bills? Why aren't all these together? What's the difference between them? In many ways, 
these are just uh, horses that are in the race to uh, get the bill across the finish line. Uh, I've taken on a different approach and uh, I'm working with uh, Representative Retta Bowers uh, of Raleigh, Texas. Uh, we work together on this uh, along with uh, some other advocates uh, to get this bill passed along with Representative uh, Reynolds and uh, Representative Theory will be working with us as well. But it's just a matter of which bill uh, will get uh, past the uh, legislation, get to a hearing uh, with uh, the committee that it will be assigned to, and then hopefully through calendars, uh, and then onto the House floor. What do you think the chances are? What do you think the chances yeah. are that something actually makes it through and gets a signature put on it? And how helpful would it be if enough women come out and contact their legislate their legislators and say, "Get this done. This is real." Uh, how likely do I believe, uh, Jason, that this uh, legislation will pass? Uh, I think it will. Hmm. Uh, and let me just tell you why I think it will. I believe that it will pass because uh, I can't imagine that any father uh, who is uh, non-African-American would look at their daughter uh, Mm -hmm. and say to their daughter that I'm going to discriminate against your friend, Uh, that uh, your friend is not going to be able to wear their hair the way they want to. I know you can, uh, but your friends, uh, your daughter's friends, not going to be able to do that. Secondly, and and, uh, finally, uh, when I look at what's happening uh, with our military, Mm -hmm. uh, the Air Force uh, just recognized that this practice should not continue. And our women who serve this country bravely uh, are now able to wear their hair uh, the way they would desire to wear their hair. So the military is ahead of regular society in many of these states, including ours. And in many ways, they've always been ahead of us, uh, certainly uh, in uh, looking at uh, how uh, past uh, presidents like uh, Harry S. Truman uh, integrated uh, the military. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the military, just to, to point out, the military just addressed this uh, a few weeks ago after uh, uh, Joe Biden was um, inaugurated. And the military now allows uh, buns, dreadlocks, things like that for women. So it, it is interesting how the military, as Jason said, it, it is farther ahead uh, than the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to hit on, on one thing here, though, that I read that, that really shows how how wide this could be if children repeatedly get in trouble, especially at school because of their hair. Um, And this is a quote, I believe, from a Texas Tribune article uh, in which they said that public education advocates really worry that kids who get repeatedly flagged for minor offenses like this, DeAndre Arnold had never been in trouble at all. Jules Trice in Pearland had never been in trouble at all. But for kids who regularly get flagged like this, um, they spend less time in the classroom learning and at a higher risk for dropping out. That's a good point. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. You know, we need to make the subject matter the important matter. And if an educator is distracted by a child's uh, hairstyle, uh, they're not focused on the right thing. Yeah, and you don't have to be a black woman to reach out to your legislator about this if you think that this is an issue that deserves uh, their attention. And quite frankly, you don't even have to have hair hmm. to take on this issue. 
Love it. <laughs> you don't have to be a teenage girl to read Teen Vogue either, evidently. So uh, we just discovered that one, too. It was a great read. <laughs> Highly recommend it. So the Crown Act, it will be up for discussion over the next 100, 120 days uh, in Austin, about 100 days left in the legislative session. You know, keep in mind, it's already law in seven states, in California, New York, Virginia, and like more than a dozen cities separately Mm -hmm. all across uh, the country. So it's not far-fetched to think that it couldn't happen in Texas. Um, that, that, that's what we need to watch for. And we talked about what's going on with the military as well. There's definitely momentum building here. And, you know, when we talk about these issues, we, we often bring up and remind that Texas, uh, at last count, has the largest black population of any state in the country. So you're right. It is not far-fetched that we may see uh, some kind of movement on this issue here. Uh, and it is something that we're going to continue to follow. Um, and and again, if you want to keep up with this whole Rooted series, uh, we do have a link to it in the description of this podcast. They're going to be adding to it throughout the month. Just like throughout this month, we are concentrating, because it's Black History Month, we are concentrating on uh, the, the experience of being black and how that plays out in politics. And, and, and so we're doing a whole special series ourselves all month long here. Politics, culture, the hair salon, work. I mean, it, it, it's it's unbelievable. It's sad. It's it's ridiculous what, what people have to go through just because of the way oh. they wear their hair, Jason. I mean, I, I tease you all the time, you know, talking about the struggle bus, microaggressions. I, I, I'm messing with you all the time, man. But, you know, but that's it, different. That's just that's it just is pure, different. That's just pure envy. That's yeah, different. It, <laughs> Indeed, my friend. All right, we're going to close this thing out before we make someone sick out there. Um, thanks for listening to us, as always. Hey, send us some comments. What do you think about this? Uh, let us know, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate you listening. And uh, don't feel afraid, by the way, to share the podcast with others. Let them know about it on social media. The more who listen, the better. We will uh, do it all again next week. Thanks for being with us.